Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and the traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your organization's growth. I'm your host, Dave King. We've all heard how important it is to put some money away for a rainy day. Well, this practice is just not important for individuals. It's especially important for organizations as well. In the not-for-profit world, this type of rainy day fund is called an operating reserve, and it can help sustain the organization when times get tough. Today's guest talks a lot about the importance of this type of fund and regularly works with not-for-profit organizations to help them establish their safety net. Ben Antonelli, a principal on Ray's Assurance Team located in Dublin, Ohio, works closely with the not-for-profit industry on a variety of projects. He is oftentimes pulled in to consult on topics related to operating reserves, financial reporting, and internal controls. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Ben. Thank you, Dave. So uh, I understand the volleyball season, uh, the co-ed volleyball season's uh, up and running. <laughs> That's correct. And Yeah, Ray got a team together this okay. year. Okay, how are we doing? Not too bad. I think we're in second place. Second place. Yeah. Now, I understand that you are uh, the star of the show, of the, uh, of the team, of uh, the volleyball team. No, I'm more on the drinking team. On the drinking yeah. team? I'm, I'm kind of walking wounded right now. So, what are you, about 6'4", 6'5"? 6'4", I played club volleyball in college. And, you know, I grew up right on Lake Erie, so we, we played sand, sandball um, all summer long. So, uh, quite the athlete, and I appreciate you uh, representing Ray. Uh, bring home the trophy. Yeah, we'll do but, that. But uh, make sure if we're playing against a client, make sure they win, a client's team. <laughs> right. Always. So we want to talk about this uh, uh, operating reserve process that uh, that you brought to the table from the not-for-profit uh, community. But, you know, I, I think in the uh, in the intro, we talked about the freedom of a rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. But let's uh, let's jump right into it and, and tell me what an operating reserve fund is. You know, the name itself is kind of self-explanatory. But in a not-for-profit, it has different meanings. So what is an operating reserve fund and why do we need one? Sure. Yeah, and I'm glad we're talking about the topic. Um, you know, we present uh, financial results, of the results of the audit to, you know, all of our all of our assurance nonprofit clients. And I feel like this is one topic that really gets the most engagement out of our nonprofit boards, really, because there's so much to, to it. I mean, it, you can easily calculate it from, you know, on a global level from one client to another. But this is this is one I've had experience with that it really generates a lot of engagement and a lot of discussion because you're really you're doing a lot of a lot of things when you're talking about sure. your reserves. You know, it's it's a budgeting function, it's a risk assessment function, and, and it's a lot of strategic planning. So so I'm glad we're talking about it from that standpoint. And then there's actually a new uh, financial reporting specific to nonprofits uh, standard that's coming out uh, that actually discloses you're going to have to disclose a component. Uh, that's that's pretty close to what an operating reserve. Some new is. regulations uh, on on board that we have to be on top right. of. Right. So we we discuss this with our current clients, and and it's actually going to be a requirement they have to disclose. So, in terms of what it is, you know, you think of from a, a pure accounting standpoint, the the reserve of any entity, for profit, nonprofit. You know, your first accounting class, you you see what the, what a balance sheet is, assets, liabilities, and then equity, right? Assets minus li- minus liabilities is equity. Counting one hundred and one, right? And so on the nonprofit, I miss that day. right, right. So on the nonprofit space, it's called net assets. So that's that's the general reserve. Got it. 
So there's there's a lot that goes into you know all t- all types of assets, current, long term, uh, restricted T- to get to an operating reserve out of that entity wide reserve. You start with that, and then you deduct long term assets, um, assets restricted for use by donors and in contracts and things like that. And then you get down to what is actually a hard number at any given point. Your operating operating reserve okay. funds available for use. Okay, we'll dig into that a little bit. Uh, you know, there are experts, and then there are experts. And uh, I know uh, from your experience, you touch probably close to seventy five, hundred not for profit organizations in a given year. Whether it's talks, consulting, uh, I mean, you're out there. You are an expert. Sure. Yeah, I, I serve those that about that many number of clients in some capacity and then actually sit on three boards myself. So I'm speaking from 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 both sides when we talk about this number. You um, know, you walk the talk, talk the walk, or whatever they say, you do it all. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this operating reserve concept, uh, again, we, we refer to it in the intro as rainy day fund. Uh, it's just not as simple as opening up a bank account and, you know, throwing a couple grand in there to get it started. There are rules and regs that, that must must be followed. Yeah, definitely best practices on what, um, okay. you know, how you calculate that number. And that's, and that's really when, when we talk about board engagement and really strategic thinking is, is what the calculation is for one specific and it's specific to entity. And then what number are we supposed to, are we going to target? And there's a reason for that. So okay. we, we kind of see three reasons to have one, uh, right? So I guess three reasons to have any reserve. One, one is is capital, right? We have right. we have clients that are heavy into heavily invested into their buildings and equipment, you know, and and there's a capital reserve, right? So you need you need a reserve for um, unexpected regular maintenance uh, and repairs on on you know those heavy investments. So that's one one reason to have a reserve. The other two reasons are are operating related, and one is you know an unexpected decrease in funding, right? We have. I just think of our client base, and we have a, a lot of mid-market nonprofits that they have a diverse, uh, you know, diverse number of funding sources. A lot sure. of their their portfolio of revenue uh, is is diverse, right? And that and that's great. It de-risks that. But um, you know, what what's the risk of since you have that many? You know, some are likely to drop off here or there. So so one reason to have. Uh, the operating reserve is for unexpe- sure. unexpected losses in funding. Sure. Let me uh, let me back up uh, just a shade. Uh, again, that's not an industry that I work in a lot, but I'm, I'm aware of just from listening to you guys and sure. your team uh, talk around the state of Ohio and the seminars you do and, and the training. So I get a pretty good feel for some things you jump into. But does a, does a policy, a written policy, uh, need to be in place uh, for an operating reserve, and if so, what should that policy look like? Can you give us some thoughts on that area? It definitely doesn't have to be. There's no rule for that. Um, you think of nine. You think of nonprofits and 990s. There's there's seven policies listed in the 990 to ask if you have one, a written one or not. This is not one of those, uh, but something this important definitely should be. I recently wrote an article on this, on this very topic, and the AICPA comes out with a you know, kind of a standard template uh, that I usually I usually forward that to clients looking to establish one. A, a lot of a lot of terms that should be in there. You know, if I if I just read some of these, I, I brought it with me. The, sure. The purpose of laundry the, listed. Let's right, go. Right. The purpose of the reserve, a uh, calculation of the target, uh, the in, intended use of the reserves, uh, who has the authority to use uh, the reserves, 
how the account will be monitored, and then a plan for replenishing it, you know, in the event that you have to use them. You know, I want to go back to, uh, again, you're, you're, you're talking right on point to a blog that uh, you wrote back in, uh, actually, of August, um, about a month, two months ago. Months ago. Yep. And it's titled, Does Your Not Nonprofit's Operating Reserve Balance Stack Up? And it talks about how to calculate how long it should last. It's located on our website at rayandassociates.com. Uh, I think we just go through um, to your bio and uh, our listeners can uh, look that up. And it, it's really right on point. Well written, well done. Mm, thank you. So uh, uh, I think that uh, uh, will be very helpful to the, to the listeners. You know, you talked a little bit about the 990, which is the tax form for a not-for-profit organization. You know, in the for-profit world, you know, we, we always are concerned about uh, compliance with Internal Revenue Service in the state of Ohio. Uh, but in the not-for-profit environment, does the IRS... Uh, scrutinize a nonprofit's operating reserve, and if they do, what are they? What kind of things are they looking for? You alluded to that a little bit on the 990. Is there anything that's jumping out that you've heard? No, I, I can't really think of any anything specific, uh, regulatory wise, on on this policy or, or related to that. I think I think the only thing they're worried about uh, re- related to. I guess it's really unrelated business income. income. It, yeah, if you if Stuff you're generating it away in there, right? Because yeah. nonprofits are allowed to generate a profit. It just has to be related to their exempt purpose. And so, if it's not, and you're building reserve off of that, then yeah, then they'll be taxing that. You know, it's kind of my, I, I have to chuckle a little bit when you say nonprofits are, uh, you know, allowed to make money, and there for a while there's there's a, the thought process that, you know, you spend every dollar of what you make in your programs. And I think that's maybe a thing of the past that, hey, you know, you've got to put money aside for uh, future projects. Mm-hmm. And so are you seeing that in, in real life? I mean, is it happening out there or is it still in in just discussion phase? Nope, absolutely. I, I see that trend a lot, you know, and it, and it varies, you know, every answer is it depends, right? It depends. And, and it varies by by type of entity. And a lot of times membership organizations, they're they're not necessarily running a a surplus and building up a reserve unless, you know, the, the members are, are really involved in determining what the membership fees are so that they can build, you know, that would be a, a strategic thing to, to build a reserve through raising the management or sure. the membership fee, things like that. But yeah, across the board, I, I, I see a lot of our clients like building this and coming to us, you know, wanting to build, build a policy around that and looking for advice. You know, I want to go back to something you mentioned in your, um, in your blog article that caught my attention, and it says, in our experience at the high end, an operating reserve probably won't exceed three years. And at the low end, your operating reserve should be able to cover at least one pay period. Right, at the minimum, right. Oh, boy, there's a range of uh, events <laughs> right. right there. Right, yeah. It's, it's like I said, it, it definitely is, is across the board in our client base and then, in, you know, in, in our communities. So, when I set up an operating reserve in in my organization, am I restricting that money in any way, shape, or form, or can I use that to pay the, you know, the light bill, uh, hire a PR <laughs> I- employee? Right, right. Well, yeah, the accounting term is designating a restriction is the Thanks outside for that term. Correction. Sure, I got Thanks. you. Yeah. Accounting in term. your in your face, I right. suppose that was yeah. that's what that's called. No, nope, absolutely. Yeah, and we have clients. Don't worry, you're an expert. We know. <laughs> right. Our, our clients are, yeah, designating operating pieces that can't be touched for, you know, at least periods of time or, or under certain circumstances. Okay. 
So again, we talk about calculating. You know, I, I used the example early on. Hey, you know, it's it goes deeper than just throwing some, you know, the the excess uh, for the year into a savings account. How should I calculate this fund? You have some suggestions. Can you walk me through that again? Sure. And Did I use the right terminology. Uh, I want to make yeah, sure. 100%. So yeah, whenever we go over this number, we think of you know I, I went through a calculation and we got to a hard number. Uh, you know, let's say let's say we're looking at a, a balance sheet and then we got to fifteen million. Right? Is that big enough? And uh, the, the question is, well, it depends. Like, how big is the organization? Let's go back 12 months, see what the operating expenses were for the organization, get to months is usually the, the unit of time that, we, that we're talking about. So let's say on average, we're spending $3 million a month. Uh, we have 15 in reserve. We have, oh, we have five months of expenses in reserve. Okay. And so you know, we generally recommend, you know, we get questions all the time on that. And um, it really depends on what your future, future goals are. But three to six months is a is Three a to good, six is good, where, good where you want to be. And, and again, you use the term, we talked about uh, designated funds. Uh, an operating reserve is not a designated fund. I want to make sure that that's clear or is a designated fund. Right. Or it, can be. It, yeah, that's perfect. It, it okay. can be. It can you be. You can designate it okay. for future, future use if some XYZ happens. Um, you can designate that. What are some of the common items that are often forgotten or overlooked when an organization calculates uh, the operating reserve? Uh, the main thing that comes into play, and I, and I talked about looking 12 months back and seeing what your operating expenses are. And before I mentioned two types of reserves, operating and capital. Well, in capital, you, you know, on a financial statement, you'll see depreciation expense on the in operating expenses. Well, when you go to calculate that, what is our sure. monthly burn rate or expense rate? Uh, you should you should reduce uh, depreciation out of there. So there's an art uh, for the calculation. Uh, again, not uh, you know to be uh, uh, forthcoming and strategic looking forward for to the organization. You know we talked about why what is an operating reserve and, and why an organization needs one. Uh, we touched base on how to calculate the operating reserve. Let's talk about some operating reserve trends or maybe some case studies or some stories that you have if, if you have one or two to, to share. But are you seeing more organizations having these operating reserve funds than ever before as kind of the economy has, has changed a little bit? Right. I think that definitely correlates with, you know, the bull run. I mean, most of our nonprofits are putting their reserves or dollars if they're not if they're not designating a specific operating reserve, putting those in, investing those for long term use, definitely uh, seeing them used used in that way. And and you see everybody following the formula, or maybe they don't know the formulas out there. That's right. when they call you. Yeah, I, and that's one thing. You know, in terms of recommendations, I would recommend more organizations have that in the agendas uh, in some of these meetings, knowing knowing what the calculation is. And and why we have that number targeted, and anytime you're you're looking to expand a program or cut a program or do any strategic any strategic decision, you need to factor in that number. Are you seeing charitable giving on the increase? You seeing that in the organizations you work with? Uh, donations on the increase, right? With the tax reform, we were we were concerned, you know, on on the the number of discretionary donations. Is are people really managing that if if they're not getting the deduction and and the question comes down to why do people give is it because of the deduction and you know that that was a complete unknown and and working with the clients throughout this 2018 really have not seen that 
and, and have not heard that as a concern. So, you know, that's good news. Again, coming from an expert, as you see that uh, across the state, uh, there was a concern, you know, about that funding dropping off, uh, but it appears to be holding strong for now. Yeah. Yeah. From what, so, I've, what I've seen. We never thought the tax cut and tax reform would impact not-for-profits, but they they will, mm-hmm. and they have. Are you seeing an increase in audits, uh, not-for-profit organizations, their 990? Anything happening there our listeners need to to be aware of? Mm, I have not. No. I, not uh, an increase? I'm, Good. Nope. Okay. No flags there. Okay. And that uh, that tax return is become has become a rather uh, detailed return full of a lot of information. Yep, and so it it it's no longer fill out you know your numbers on a EZ form and send them in. There's a lot of information in there, right? You know what are uh, organizations doing wrong as far as operating reserve trends? Uh, anything jumping out for you that you see that you can share? I might have might have alluded to that before, but but really, it, having those strategic discussions on what what the balances are and what they mean and what the risks are, I guess, taken from a risk assessment perspective, because we have to look at when we go and do an audit, you know, we're, we're looking at the risk assessment sure. procedures at each organization. And, you know, from a financial standpoint, you know, I don't know if that's happening all the time where people are doing the what if, you know, what if we lose this funding? What what if this happens? And, um, you know, and, and building that into the budgets and, and reserves that they have. Okay, let's give you a test here. <laughs> sure. Okay, you mentioned you uh, volunteer your your very precious time on uh, the three not-for-profit boards, um, these boards that you serve on. Uh, do you guys have an operating reserve fund? <laughs> uh, no, that's a great question. The, and this, I'm on three boards, and it's, it's, it is across the board in terms of the size that it is. Uh, we have one that is very significant. Right, and, okay. and we actually do one out a, of three. I do a I do a risk assessment analysis okay. for this board every year. Um, yeah, and we're we're on the high end. You know, we talked about that range okay. of what the recommended. So we're on the high high end there. And then one position I, I actually took Dave Kane's position as treasurer of, of another board. Did we have a reserve fund there? We're, I don't think we did. We're almost so small Oops. that we yeah. yeah it's 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 pretty black and white. Of what, See, we need the expert on there. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, uh, kind of, kind of run something uh, by you a little bit. You know, for for our listeners, um, you know, Ray and Associates invest a tremendous amount of hours and time uh, from our uh, team members in the not for profit. We donate our time, whether it's a project or uh, board functions. If if a listener out there is on a board and is looking for a board member. You know, you're you're pretty full, but can they call you and you can make a recommendation from within Ray and Associates to maybe help them out with a board member? For sure. Yeah, I can I would be more than more than happy to do that. I know the Ohio Society CPAs uh, assist in that and they I don't I haven't seen it recently, but they have or at least checked the website recently, but they do have a have had a, a spot on their website. Um, looking for or and organizations can post that they need a, a CPA, so th- that's a good resource. Good, good. I think that uh, that is a good uh, and great resource, and I think uh, you'll uh, captain that ship if if we get a call. Um, I know we have a lot of uh, people who are really willing to to donate their time, and and that's what uh, one of our uh, piece of our culture and our core values that we give back to the community. And you certainly have given back to your community not only in your time, but in your professionalism and becoming famous. And you've dedicated probably 95% of your 
professional career to working in this industry. So uh, well done. Any rainy day stories, uh, good, bad, or indifferent you want to share before we uh, uh, get on out of here? No, I, th- I think we've summed it up. I-, I think it's a really healthy discussion that boards can have. And, you know, we're more than willing to, to be a part of that discussion. It seems like board members, the, the most questions that we get from board members are, how do we stack up, right? And how does our reserve stack up? How do, you know, and we can help benchmark um, and, and help uh, lead that way. You know, and again, serving on boards, I think once you get into a board meeting, you know, you're talking about how the financial statements, how, you know, how are the employees doing, how this and that, how's the funding, how that program. And you don't have a lot of time left at the end of the day or the end of the meeting to talk about strategic planning. Right. And this is really a, a, a pretty neat, pretty, pretty good uh, piece of strategic planning. But it does have some strings and some bells and whistles and, and, some new regulations coming down and and you're ready and your team's ready to meet that challenge. So I encourage our listeners to, uh, to give you a call. Our guest today has been Ben Antonelli with Ray and Associates, a specialist and famous for his consulting in the not-for-profit world. Thanks again for joining us today, Ben. Great, uh, great thoughts. Thanks I think we all me. know how important it is to financially prepare for the tough times, but it never hurts to be reminded. Did you enjoy today's episode? Let us know, like it, comment on it, or share it. And don't forget to check out videos of our podcast on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.